Welcome to Childcare CRM, the podcast. You're familiar with Childcare CRM, the company, and hopefully you love using Childcare CRM, the product. I'm your host, Sierra Rossing, and I serve as the content marketing specialist at Childcare CRM. So I'm really excited today to be sitting down with Lisa Henkel. She serves as the vice president of education and training here at Childcare CRM, and she's been with the company for several years now. And before she joined Childcare CRM, Lisa was actually a Childcare CRM user at her previous organization. And I'll let her get into um, a little bit more about her role here with the company, as well as kind of her past professional experience in both the early education and marketing sectors. But first, I wanted to point out how impressive Lisa's academic background is. Lisa has a bachelor's in education, a bachelor's in business, a master of management and a doctorate in business administration, which truly blows my mind because I cannot imagine ever being in school for that long. But Lisa also has, um, she's a certified franchise executive, which really helps her to guide and counsel our users in her role with the company today. So I'll let her get started and kind of share, you know, her background and, um, we can discuss what parents are really looking for when they are searching for childcare. So for our listeners who might not be familiar, can you tell me a little bit about what you do at Childcare CRM? Sure. Uh, my title is Vice President of Education and Training. And what I'm really doing is sharing my industry knowledge and sharing a lot of best practice, uh, not only with our internal team, but with our customers as well. So uh, my specialty throughout my time with Childcare CRM, um, and I've been here about three years, is um, mid to large enterprise uh, customers, customers with multi-locations, multi-sites, um, and both for-profit and non-profit organizations, and really sharing with them more in a, a consultation type fashion what the best practices are and what we can do um, as our tool, Childcare CRM, uh, really being implemented as a tool that helps increase enrollment. Awesome. And I know you have a lot of experience in both the childcare and marketing sectors before childcare CRM. Can you explain a little bit about your past positions? Before I came to childcare CRM, I was in a really fortunate situation where I was a user of the childcare CRM product. And I had the opportunity to use the product for um, almost seven years before joining the childcare CRM team. And in that capacity, I was using childcare CRM uh, as a tool to help with marketing, to help with follow-up, to help with the parent enrollment journey uh, within my own organization. And um, in that organization, we had 40 locations that were both for-profit and non-profit. And so we really got to use the tool to develop what that parent enrollment experience and journey looked like, um, as well as to make sure that we had great visibility to what was happening within our centers in terms of capacity and enrollment and where our next targets should be for um, additional locations. I think one of the the big things for me and one of the things that um, I'm I'm proud to bring to the table is my personal motto is no money, no mission. So I really believe that in order for us to do the things we really love to do in childcare, which is to provide great quality opportunities for children, we have to be enrolled because enrollment is is, uh, what allows us 
to provide that great quality care. When we have good enrollment, we can pay teachers what they deserve to be paid. When we have good enrollment, we can have great resources within our classrooms and great materials for children to interact with and, and use in their development. And so I think tools like Child Care CRM are really, really important to help us realize our ultimate mission. Yeah. So just out of curiosity, when you were, you know, at your previous organization using Child Care CRM, regularly, what was a feature that really stood out for your company that you felt like you, you know, just couldn't live without? Oh, it was definitely the reporting. So the reporting gave us so much insight as to what was happening and where our opportunities were. Uh, insights that we, we could have gotten on our own, but would take us an awfully long time to get there. So in order to do that type of data gathering and um, to have that overarching view across all of our locations, um, it wasn't feasible to do that, you know, in a day or two, uh, the way that we could do it with Child Care CRM, where we aggregate all of the data in one place and could really get a handle on where we were and where we wanted to be and what our next opportunity was. Yeah. Yeah. So um, just because you do have so much experience and everything, I was hoping to talk about what parents are kind of looking for in child care centers when they are searching for care. So if a parent's searching for care online, um, I would say one of the first few things they usually notice is online reviews, the quality of the center's website, or maybe the distance from their home to the actual center on Google Maps and how far it is in terms of, you know, drop-offs and pickups. Do you feel like those are all pretty relevant or is there any other thing that um, centers should be mindful of to keep kind of at the forefront of their website or their Google business listing to grab parents' attention and kind of lead them to actually inquire for care and take that next step? I think those are great call outs. Uh, the quality of the website is, I think, something that's often overlooked because the website is the very first impression that you're putting out there for the parent. Um, it is your brand. It is your digital faceplate. And so that quality webs website is really, really important. One of the things that we know is that parents really do rely visually on what they see in their choice of childcare. And so having a great website that has pictures of your building inside and out is really going to be influential with parents. Um, I think you also bring up a really great point about location. And we know from research that when parents are looking for care, their preference is to be by home. They want to be uh, in a care center that is close to their home, and we know actually that they prefer to be within three miles of their home. Now, that's not to say that some parents won't go in a different direction, and if they can't find quality care close to their home, their second choice, their fallback, is to find care that's close to work. So their preference is close to home, and then that uh, fallback would be close to work. So I think having um, some visual as to where the center is located um, is really, really good insight to share with parents right from the start. Yeah. And is there anything you recommend that centers, um, you know, keep maybe on the first, their homepage of their website that will really grab parents' attention? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, to risk repeating myself, um, having pictures of the center. Mm -hmm. You know, parents want to know that where they're sending their children is a safe, secure, and clean place. Um, it always kind of comes down to those basic necessities. And so if you can uh, visualize that for the parent and you can give the parent that confidence 
right off the start, that's a great thing to center on um, in your website. I think the other thing that's important to have on your website are real pictures of children who are happy in your center. Um, you know, stock photography doesn't always cut it in this particular realm. You really want to get some great pictures of the children in your building. You know, when a parent sees that happy, smiling child, and then they come and tour your facility, and they see that same classroom background, that's going to increase their confidence. And so having uh, those things available for parents to see and experience before they even come to your door, um, I think would really be beneficial. Yeah, absolutely. And just to circle back for a second, when you had mentioned about um, parents seeking care that's closer to the home, and I think that I actually heard this from you in a company uh, event last week, but you mentioned that, you know, it was such a trend maybe in the 90s or early 2000s for offices to have daycares in their Mm -hmm. building for um, parents that are working at their companies, and that it's kind of moving away from that. Um, yeah. 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 On-site care was really, really popular um, there. And, and employers really be- believed that it was going to be a big draw and it was going to be, you know, something that had um, gave them the, the upper edge in getting employees to their uh, locations. But what we are finding, and I don't think that this is um, a surprise to anybody, but uh, millennial parents are very community oriented and they want to do things in their local community and they want to be a part of their local community and making a difference in that way. And one of the ways we do that is by supporting local business. So when they're looking for care, they apply that philosophy that they have in the rest of their lives to childcare as well. And so they are looking for something that's small and local and in their community. Now, that doesn't mean that um, a larger corporate organization can't provide those things because those people who are staffing those locations are still community people. And so it is absolutely possible to be part of that local community mm-hmm. and also part of a larger childcare organization. But but we know that's what parents are looking for. They want to be uh, small and local and um, focused on kind of what's happening close to them. Yeah. So once a parent has kind of, you know, narrowed it down, they found maybe one or two or three centers that they actually want to schedule a tour with, what do you think is the most important thing a center can do to ensure that that family remains engaged and chooses to tour with them? We know what that is. Statistically, we know what that is. And that is response. You know, the parent might go to the website of three or four places and see, uh, narrow that down to two places that they really like. And if they uh, fill out a form or if they call one location and they're able to right away get that scheduled and the other location doesn't call them back for a couple of days or they play a lot of back and forth phone tag, you're just pushing yourself down, down, down um, on that uh, prized top one or two location uh, list. It's really important to make sure that you are very, very responsive to parents because they do have choices. And that's one of the things that they're going to uh, take into account because subconsciously, if you are not going to respond to me as a parent, how are you going to respond to my child when they're in your care? I'm trying to engage with you. I'm trying to do business with you. If I can't get a phone call back from you now, that makes me feel like perhaps we'll have communication uh, issues in the future as well. So I would say the number one thing is responsiveness. And we know from our childcare CRM data, we do an annual study um, 
that those families that are responded to and engage and have that tour within the first 24 hours, they are statistically more likely to enroll. So the odds are already big. Why not make those odds in your favor by responding to them as quickly as possible? Yeah, definitely. And once they do get to that tour stage, um, what do you think centers should focus on highlighting during during the actual tour with a family? So the, the tour is a great opportunity for you to show off. You know, the tour is a great opportunity for you to really let parents know what's happening that maybe they're not just going to read on your website. So the thing that we know parents are looking for is parents are looking for safety and security above all else. If they get education and they get social interaction and all of these different childhood domains, they love that. But all of that is extra and on top of basic care. So they want to know that their children are going to be um, in a safe place. They want to know that their children are going to be um, served food and have noses wiped and that the facility is clean. All of those things that we consider to be basic care, that's the number one. But when you're on the tour, you have that opportunity to show them all of the other things as well. You can show off your curriculum. I always suggest that when we're setting things up for the tour, that we really take a look around and say, if I was telling somebody about my job, what am I proud of? What are my points of pride around this center? And make sure that you include those things in your tour. Because when you speak about your points of pride, people can tell that you're happy and you enjoy what you're doing and you're proud of your location. That speaks to the parent about how you will then care for their child. Uh, really important though, to make sure that we cover the basics first and then go ahead and show all of the extras. Yeah. And I know that you recently wrote an article for Child Care Serum, the blog, um, up kind of centering on what parents are looking for when they're touring a child care center. And you mentioned that owners and operators really only get an hour to showcase the programs and the facility. And so aside from safety and security, do you feel like maybe there's a way to showcase programs uh, without kind of, you know, I, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like isolating parents uh, who may not be as educated on, you know, what to look for in a child care program or in early education. Yeah. Absolutely. I, mean, I think that's one of the things that makes childcare still unique. You know, we used to say, um, well, people aren't going to buy a car without test driving it. Uh, Carvana has proved us wrong. So we are now in a situation where childcare is one of the very few um, industries left where people are really doing that face-to-face -face purchase because they are very reticent. They're not going to just go out and buy childcare without seeing the facility, without talking to people. But it is amazing that we get about an hour and they say, yeah, after about an hour, you're the person who's going to partner with me in raising my most precious, precious thing in my life, my child, oh, an hour, that's all yeah. we get. And so, um, yeah, it's really important to kind of know ahead of time what those points of pride that we talked about are going to be for your center um, so that you can make sure that you, the parent fully understands what's happening within your four walls. A lot of parents don't understand that um, childcare is a place of 
academic preparedness, that this is where we are preparing children to enter uh, kindergarten. You know, this this is things that happened uh, to make sure that they are really going to have a great educational experience going forward. One of the things that was always a surprise to parents, especially of young children, of infants and toddlers, was that we actually had curriculum in those classrooms. Mm-hmm. So helping parents understand that what they think of as curriculum, you know, the syllabus from college, mm-hmm. that's not always what it is. What we're really looking at is how do we structure our programs so that we give the children educational benefit as well as that custodial care. So how do we make the play that the children are doing purposeful so that it prepares them for what's coming next? Um, so I think just centers being really prepared on what their what content they will include in that tour and make sure that they're getting the most important things out there because again it is just that limited time frame. Mm-hmm. And during a tour do you feel it's important to introduce parents to as many staff members as possible or maybe just you know the teacher that the child will engage with on a regular basis or just the director what are your thoughts on you know staff? Yeah, definitely. The director is usually the one who's conducting the tour. So the parent will have an opportunity to begin that relationship. The next most important relationship would be the uh, daily caregiver. You know, who's the person that my child is going to see the most during the day? And you definitely want to meet that person as a parent on the enrollment journey. Um, I think it's important to know what the center offers in terms of programs. So some centers, you know, will offer care for um, children who are two until they get through preschool. Some centers will offer care for infants all the way through school age. So as you're planning what that care journey and what that care relationship looks like for your family, you'll want to know what programs are offered in the center. So on the tour, it's important to meet the direct caregiver. And then it's also important to know, um, you know, what comes next. What are my next opportunities? You know, when my child graduates from preschool, am I going to have to go and look for different care um, for after school care? Or if I have um, a younger sibling, can I keep everybody in the same building? So the direct caregiver and then also the programs more so than the actual staff of the programs mm-hmm. that are available. Okay. So post tour, do you have suggestions for centers on the type of communications or follow-up that they should be sending out to families? Well, I think the first thing, Sierra, is exactly what you said. Send some follow-up. We find a lot of people who will let that tour happen and they'll say, okay, I'm going to go home and make a decision. And then they never hear from anybody again. Mm -hmm. And so if I'm a parent and I've gone to two or three centers and I've done a tour and only one person contacts me back and says, hey, I want to know, how was that tour experience? Have you made a decision? We want to be a part of your um, child rearing partnership here and nobody else has contacted them what do you think they're going to do? They're looking for that partnership. So they're going to respond to the person who responds to them. So number one is have some sort of a response cadence. You know, what do we do post-tour? What does that communication look like? The other thing is, I don't think it hurts to ask parents how they like to be communicated with. We're finding a big trend towards texting. If the parent likes a text, great, let's send them a little text that said, hey, I really enjoyed meeting you. Or, you know, let's follow up uh, on next Tuesday about where you are in your decision process. Just um, reaching out to them, though, in a way that they will be most responsive. And generally, if you ask people, 
how would you like me to follow up with you? They'll tell you, oh, I never read my text or, oh, I haven't logged into my email in six months. Make sure you only send me a text. It's okay to ask and say, hey, how would you like me to uh, do that follow-up piece with you? Right. And how do you feel about the rule of seven in terms of the childcare industry? Because, you know, coming from a mostly marketing background, I often associate seven follow-ups or touch points with being the best way to ensure conversion success. But do you feel like, you know, with childcare, is that too much? Is that not enough? Or is it just right for enrolling a family? I'm really glad that you brought that up. So uh, before joining childcare CRM, I was pretty biased against the rule of seven. I thought rule of seven seemed invasive and over the top. And then when I uh, joined the team and I was able to really look at the data and understand what's happening there, the rule of seven applies to childcare as well. Um, parents are very, very busy. And so what the rule of seven, and again, that rule of seven being seven points of touch, seven opportunities to connect with somebody um, to move them through that enrollment process is it gives them the opportunity to talk to us and it makes it feel um, less threatening to them that, you know, we're trying to make a hard sell. No, we're trying to connect and we're trying to make a relationship and we're reaching out to you in a number of different ways. And the rule of seven doesn't have to be seven direct phone calls. It can be a phone call and an email and a text, but it's that allowing follow-up and allowing the parent uh, to make that decision and have a multitude of ways to contact us back. Um, but the rule of seven applies. It really does. It, we definitely statistically can see, and um, I'd have to look at the most recent, but I know the year before it was 6.82 uh, here in childcare was the, the actual rule. So we're rolling that up to seven. But, um, you know, I thought that was a, an insurance thing or a mm. car sales thing, but it really does apply to childcare as well. We need to do that follow up with parents uh, in the same way that anybody else in marketing would. Yeah. And you mentioned the, you know, how parents prefer texting statistically uh, more than email or even phone calls. And that's a huge trend that we saw in our Building Blocks for Success report last year, of course, yes. especially with millennial parents being younger and used to texting over anything else, being more comfortable with that communication method. Do you think that it matters how, you know, maybe how many texts we're sending versus how many phone calls versus how many emails or should the whole time just stick to a parent's preferred communication method? I do think it matters. I think that if a parent has expressly said to you, please contact me by text, you're not going to have any luck calling them by phone. Mm -hmm. But until you know that, I do think that you have to offer them a, a variety of avenues to communicate with you. Some of them might really still like email, or maybe they rely on email at work, so it's easier for them to respond during the day if they can do that by email. Some of them might prefer just text. So I think um, using all of those methods, using a, a good mix of all of those is important. Um, what we have found is... Our industry tends to lag a little bit behind in the use of technology. So we were really heavily relying on email. And then, as you say, when we got the building blocks of success and really saw that texting is coming forward and it is the preferred method now, what we should be doing is really taking a look at what is our parent journey process and how many times are we texting them? Do we have a good mix of these different ways of communicating with parents? Because I think some of us are probably a little bit behind in, in that mix of ways. And some of us might not be using text at all. Um, so it is important to do all of that until we have that um, express uh, preference from parents. 
Right. So say that a parent, um, you know, they go through the whole enrollment process with you. They decide to get on your wait list and maybe they're on the wait list for, you know, quite a good bit of time, especially with COVID and everything. Maybe you don't have as much staff. You can't have, you know, um, you can't operate at full capacity, whatever it may be. How would, would you suggest that a center keep a family engaged while they're on the wait list so that they don't go look at another center? I think the important thing to remember about wait lists is these are people who have said to you, I want to be there. I want to be a part of your childcare community. I want to be a part of what's happening in your building. So treat them like that. Keep them engaged just as you would a parent who's currently in your center. You know, if you have a family fun day coming up on Sunday or or you're going to do a virtual uh, cooking experience with children online and you're offering that to your current families, include those waitlist families as well. Let them build that relationship outside of enrollment so that when they get to enrollment, they're already part of the family. So whatever you're doing with your regular families, I would say keep your waitlist families engaged in the very same way. That's going to build that relationship even before they're in your building so that they will continue to want to be a part of your community uh, within your child care center. So every opportunity that you have to include them, to connect with them, take advantage of that. The other thing is personal touch. I would say if you have a family in your building and you, that family had been missing for a week or two, you would call them and say, hey, are you okay? What's going on? We haven't seen you. We're concerned. Um, I would connect with those waitlist families in the same way. Hey, we haven't talked in two weeks. Where are you? What's going on? Are you still interested in joining us? We want you to be a part here. We're concerned about what's happening with you. Um, as much as you can connect with them before they enroll, we'll keep them on that journey towards enrollment. Yeah, that's awesome. And finally, I actually received a question from uh, a follower on Instagram, and she wanted to know how she can engage and follow up with families without irritating them. You know, she was a little bit worried that um, she might kind of bother them, maybe if they haven't reached out to her in a little bit, kind of regathering those lost opportunities without um, yeah, bugging someone or driving someone crazy. I think that's a two-sided coin. So number one is don't ever think you're driving somebody crazy. When you drive them crazy, they will tell you. They will tell you digitally. They'll say, hey, you're driving me crazy. Unsubscribe. Or they mm -hmm. will not read your text or not reply to your text. But that's the beauty of digital is we can scroll by. If we're not interested today, but we might be interested next week, it's okay. We can scroll by today, but I'll still know that something's coming next week. So I would say don't ever look at it as I'm being a bother or I'm, I'm being um, – you know, a, a pain in how much I'm contacting them. It's their option whether or not they interact. Um, and then there was a second piece to that. Tell me, you were just talking, oh, the, the, um, the other thing I would say is in order to make yourself feel better about those connections is have a reason, have a purpose for your communication. So even if your purpose is, hey, I wanted to reach out and see how you're doing this week and share with you how we did for Read Across America. Here's some of the activities that took place. Share something that's happening in your center. Share an event that's coming up. Share something that you read online that you thought was interesting for preschool parents. If you feel like you're not reaching out, um, if, you're, if you feel like you're reaching out and just being a bother, have a purpose to your engagement. Have a purpose for that outreach, which will um, perhaps add some value and some content for the parent, but also make you feel better about what you're sharing out there. 
Yeah, that's great. I love the idea of sharing, you know, maybe if you read something on a blog or um, just something online about that could relate to families. I think that's a great idea as a, yeah, kind of an excuse to reach out and see if they're still interested in your child care center. Right. Yeah. Are there any um, blogs that you would recommend? I know off the top of your head, this is kind of, you know, just in the moment, but are there any blogs or anything that you would recommend centers look at to come up with ideas? So my my blogs that I read are more about the business side of childcare. Right. So those probably are not things that you'd want to share with parent-facing content. But I would say, if you're looking for that kind of content, reach out to your own community of childcare providers. There are some excellent, excellent Facebook groups out there that are very, very active. Um, and you might want to find ones that really speak to you. There are Facebook groups for home care providers. There are Facebook groups for small group providers. There are Facebook groups for directors who direct multiple centers. There are Facebook groups that are concentrated just on curriculum. Um, there are Facebook groups that are concentrated just on infant care. So really finding a community of people who do what you do um, will really help you to find those ideas and that content uh, to share with parents and some things to do inside your building as well. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I really appreciate you joining me today. I know you've got a lot going on um, with, you know, a lot of people to uh, work with and help them, you know, use CRM to the fullest. So I appreciate you taking the time to join me. No problem. I think I would want to to kind of say exactly what we say to parents is we're here to partner. You know, childcare CRM is here to be a partner and to be a tool for you to increase enrollment. So if you have questions, reach out to us, let us know, because just as you want to partner with your parents and, and have great care for their children, we want to partner with you and have your centers be completely full and to the maximum that they can be so you can provide great care. So feel free to reach out to us. We love to hear from you. Yeah, that's fantastic. And I'll, for anyone listening, I'll go ahead and um, include a link to that Building Blocks for Success report that we mentioned a few times. Um, and it has different insights over the last year about, um, you know, childcare trends across all five different countries that we have users in, 4,000 locations, 500 organizations. So it's a really great tool to, um, you know, kind of compare your performance in your center, maybe to other centers out there and see what trends you can hop on to boost your enrollment as well. Thanks so much for joining us. If you'd like to learn more about childcare CRM or childcare forms, visit us online at childcarecrm.com and make sure to follow, rate, and review so you never miss out on another episode.